We know about the war, at least a little bit, and it's incredibly amazing how you keep us in the midst of all of it, Lord God, how you have protected us, sent the angels to help us, and you have taught us how to stand and having done all to stand to hold the victory that you purchased and, and, and bought and brought at the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Thank you, Lord. There is a rhyme and a reason and a purpose to all of this madness down here, and that all things will work together for good because you said they would. And so we trust you. We trust your word. And so help us today as we try to understand more deeply the profound simplicity of the gospel and how to follow you, Jesus. It's everything. Satan has made it very complicated, um, bewitched people and made everything uh, screwed up. But Lord, you have kept it simple. You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So let us walk in that um, simple path, Lord God. And we bind the powers of darkness, even those that would come against us now, to bring in, in, you know, rejection, confusion, uh, anxiety, lots of anxiety. We bind the, the enemies that would bring destruction, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken by the enemy against us or against our loved ones, against our family, against our purposes, against those who love you, call upon you, work for you and walk with you, Lord, that the enemy is defeated in all cases, Father God, because you are strong and able and faithful to complete the work that you've begun in all of us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have a good question today, honey. It's um. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. How do how do I how do you follow Jesus? And you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, to be preface this, they have lots of questions about. Well, am I am I on the right path? You know, did I did I get the did make a wrong turn? You know, I'm in the wilderness. Did I do something wrong? Um, and how do I follow Jesus? Uh, and, and, and Satan has made it very complicated. I'm thinking of the verse, and I think it's First or Second Corinthians 11, where Paul says about the, they, the enemy has deceived them, bewitched them, uh, may, and taken away the simplicity of the gospel. He says, I'm, I'm concerned that this is, you know, the enemy is playing this trick on you and making it much more difficult than it has to be. And so people, I'm looking for the verse, hold on. Well, yeah, it's right here. I okay, fear that ahead. somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve... By his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And so Satan is trying to make everything very complicated, very dis- d- d- difficult, I guess you'd say. Well, it's, it's a little different now because there's no physical person here, Jesus, to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was in uh, Mark chapter 2 when Jesus came along by uh, Matthew. He's also known as Levi. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was sitting at his tax office. He worked for the Roman IRS, and uh, he just left his. Uh, yeah. He, he just said Jesus said, "Follow me," and he just left his business and had a big um, dinner for Go, all his a going uh, away party or IR, retirement. Yeah, party. going away party for his retirement uh, party with his sitter friends and, and a lot of his sinner uh, friends and, and associates they, uh, also began to follow Jesus. Yeah, so they're right. It was easy back in those days because you could actually, there's a tangible man, a tangible ministry. I mean, there was a plan, a plot, and he was showing up here and there. But the thing is, you know, um, 
the, the before we go too deep into this, I want to just simplify and go back to the very simplest of all things. Following Jesus is basically two things, believing what he said and doing what he did. Now, if you go back to what did Jesus say, what does the scripture say, uh, we'll look at that in a second. What did he do? You can't do what he did until you can believe you believe what he said. And it said about us, it said about what's happening, said about the, the, the truth of what's really going on down here. So because, because what Satan has tried to do is mess things up with confusion. Uh, there's, there's tons. I mean, that's the whole name of the game with the devil. It's to make everything very, very difficult, complicated, uh, confusing, uh, divided, divisive, doubtful. <clears throat> so the confusion about following Jesus has, has created so many opinions so many religious uh, um, ideas, yeah, formulas, disciplines, uh, prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what does it look like to follow Jesus? We have the religious rituals. We have all kinds of rituals. We can, you know, I mean, just and pick any denomination. You've got some set of expectations, obligations, acts, works. Um, there's there's preacher opinions. Everybody's preaching a different gospel. You listen to the evangelists out there, you're going to get totally screwed up. I heard one guy say, just listen to one. <laughs> Don't listen to them all. But pick the right pick one. Pick the right one. Yeah. yeah. We have uh, denominations that pop up over the centuries you know, to reform and correct and pull things so, supposedly back on course. We have sex and cults and fads. And you know some of them are very dangerous and, and deceptive and they mix and mingle religion and legalism and law with with you know, whatever occultic things. It's just, it's crazy out there. Um, we have personal interpretations of the scripture. We have all kinds of self-help books and, and self-improvement courses and self-discipline and, and anxieties and, and diets and prescriptions for, of all kinds to follow Jesus. We've got um, deceptions. I mean, then there's the divination section where you have the false Jesuses and the religious spirits and the uh, pious deceivers and the antichrist spirits. And then you have what Paul talked about, the peddlers of the gospel, you know, who are, are the, the angels of light. Then you have the enemy himself rewriting the true gospel of Jesus Christ in the context of sin. Satan says, the gospel of Jesus Christ is about getting rid of your sin. And God says the gospel of Jesus Christ is about what did you do with my son? Sin versus son. They're very close in spelling. Sin, S-I-N, S-O-N. For this, and, and the word I, the letter I in the middle, makes about the gospel of getting rid of your sin as if Jesus didn't do anything on the cross. It didn't quite work. Or we've got to add something to that to satisfy, to solidify um, our, our uh, inheritance in heaven. And so we have all of these people um, that, you know, are confused. They're very confused and they don't read their Bibles. If you have a problem with your church, with your pastor, with your wife, with your life, with your children, with your job, start reading the Bible on a regular daily basis, as much daily as possible, but on a regular basis and be consistent and let the Lord start to speak and, and teach and, you. Yeah. And find a decent translation. There's so many different. There's another Bibles. way people are complicating things. Oh are complicated, my goodness! Isn't it? You've got How? watered down. Which versions, one is it? Twist Which version? version? Yeah. Which version? It's like if you look on your a Bible app and all the different versions, it's just a lot of some of them you never even heard of. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, find a a decent, you know, a literal 
as yeah. much as possible translation. Well, yeah, and then and then and on top of all of that, you know, the many min- translations. There's also the actual act, ongoing act of the enemy to try to deceive us. Um, Jesus said in the last days he'd come. And, you know, he would um, do lying signs and wonders. You know, the um, Antichrist, there's an yeah. Antichrist spirit. And, and Jesus warned over and over again about many, many false prophets that would arise and deceive many. He said, let no one deceive you by any means. For in that day, capital D, that day, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition. So the falling away, it's there's two different interpretations of that. One is of obvious. The obvious is that people are falling away from the Lord, falling away from the word, falling away from the gospel, falling into lethargy and apathy and indifference and, and calling the gospel irrelevant and outdated and whatever else they call it. Um, but the other way that it's interpreted, the falling away means the departure of the church. So um, then the, the, the Antichrist will be revealed. Now these are two different topics and subjects but the thing is the point is the falling away is happened in terms of you know what people think should be has been traditions compromise all of those kinds of things um so then plus but when there is all this coming of the the lawless one um god also then is obligated just to uh, let us go like he did in romans 1 turning them over to a debased mind mm-hmm. give them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie so now in the midst of in the midst of all of this confusion and complication uh, and what do I do and how do I follow Jesus? Um, you know, he says that the Lord has to allow Satan to put on that stupor, that delusion that they should believe a lie because we have chosen to follow and believe and bite into and agree with the lie. So then that brings extra deception. And, and there's people that have, they're, they're kind of like uh, wannabe followers of Jesus. You know, uh, there were in, uh, where, where would it be here? In Matthew 8, verses 18 through 22, there were different, you know, two different guys came to Jesus and said, well, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Oh, okay, that sounds nice. But then they and got Jesus, circumstances. Then, well, then Jesus said, well, you can follow me, but I don't even have a place to lay my head. Mm-hmm. So are you really want to do that? And do you really want to do that? And Count then the, the other guy said, well, yeah. first I've got to go bury my father. In other words, basically the context there, as my understanding of it is, is that the father wasn't dead yet? He got to wait till the father passes away. He got to take care of the affairs mm-hmm. related to that, and then I'll follow you. So there's all kinds of would-be followers of Jesus. And there's also, you know, many would-be reasons for following Jesus because, you know, what are you? Why are you following? What are you going to get out of right. it? Right. Um, so, but you know, we've always had, as Paul talked about. You know, they've bewitched and they've scammed and they've peddled the gospel and they've divided it and they've distorted it and brought it back under the angels of of light uh, jurisdiction. I mean, Satan hates the gospel and he hates the the message of the gospel and he hates those who follow the gospel. And so we really need to know how to follow Jesus. So what do we do? We need to absolutely move away from everything that is not true, and just believe what he said. Go back to the scriptures. What did he say? Well, first of all, he said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And so that's Second Corinthians 5.17. Yeah, that's Paul's description of, of a believer. Right. Old things pass away. All things become. So, but how many people... You know, if, if, if that's really the cutoff, you know, you're died. You died, and that's what Romans talks about. We've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Um, 
that's all ended, all that old life confusion, me try, striving and trying to figure things out, is done. I am dead. And I am reckoned the old man dead, it says in 611 of Romans. If, and then I am going to just simply believe, just believe. If I'm a new creature in Christ, then I'm a new creature in Christ. Then you say, but, 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 but I still sin. I see myself sinning. Paul said, Paul said the same thing. Yeah, I still see myself sinning. He says, oh, wretched man, who will deliver me from this? But the, but, and then he says, thank God through Jesus Christ. We are delivered as we follow. We are delivered. The, like the blind men, as they went, they received their sight. Yeah. So we're new creatures. Now, if you believe that you're a new creature, then you can put down the mental torment and arguments of Satan in your mind that go something like, but what about this? You're mm-hmm. still doing that. Mm-hmm. You still haven't overcome that. You still need to get rid of that. So basically a follower of Jesus is someone who is his disciple, you know, someone who is aligned with him and, and um, you know, that you're enrolled. When you become but a we, believer, you, you're enrolled in the school of Jesus. So he's, he's going to be, you know, leading you, teaching you, instructing you. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, your discipleship. You could say you're in school. You know, so you might be in school. You might be in preschool, or you might be in high school, or you might be in college. You might be uh, working on your doctorate degree, but you're you're enrolled in that institute of education. Following so, Jesus. So following by the Jesus Holy Spirit. is not everybody is a you know a doctor of Jesus. That's <laughs> at okay. First. I mean, we're we're here to follow, and He's training us. He says. He told his disciples that were fishermen, you know, Peter and Andrew, James and John, he said, you know, come after me. Follow and me. I will make you fishers of men. I'll mm-hmm. teach you mm-hmm. how to catch men. You've been catching fish. I'm bringing you into a whole new lifestyle, a whole new way of living mm-hmm. where you're going to bring men and women into the kingdom of well, God. Well, the bringing into is um, affected or activated through that death, we laid down our life. Jesus said, it is finished. So what was finished are trying to be good and making God happy and getting to heaven on our own works. That the law, he says, when he said it's finished, he, he, he meant it's done. The law of sin and death has been cut off. We've been set free from the law of sin and death and the works of the law. So now we're free to have a relationship with him and we're free to abide. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. So he's made it very, very easy for us to simply abide in him just to be. But Satan is still pushing his agenda of sin and behavior. And so he's all, all you know, say, well, what are you saying? You know, I can do anything I want. You know, after you're dead and following Jesus and abiding in him, you will not want to sin. Yes, you may be tricked into sinning. And yes, we do still have these impersonators inside of us who are talking all the accusers, condemning us. We did this wrong. We did that. They're always pushing, pushing, pushing their agenda to make you feel bad, you know, self-examine, go back into, I got to do this more, better, whatever. It's all futility. The, the only life we have now is to go forward in Jesus and do Believe what he said. I am dead. I'm alive in Christ. I'm abiding in Christ. It is finished. My sin has been taken care of. Jesus Christ is my righteousness now. I don't get righteous by being behaving better today than I did yesterday. I have the same righteousness, the blood of Jesus yesterday as I have today or the day I meet him face to face. That blood is the same power. That is the same reason I've been accepted in the beloved. I do not have to do. However, as part of that vine, as part of that, as a branch, you will, as you abide, you will bring forth fruits 
unto righteousness. You will bring forth the, the, the fragrance of Jesus Christ, the joy, the love, the peace. The, you'll bring, those things are coming not as a moment of striving, but as a place from abiding. Place from abiding is, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the Spirit working in you, through you, uh, expressing the life of Jesus through you. Mm-hmm. Expressing the, not only the life of Jesus, but you know what he did. And part of that, yeah. And part of that following is exactly what you're saying. His life cleanses. You know, it, it removes the power of the addictions, or the fear, or the self hatred, or the judgment, uh, or the negative um, concepts of who I am and who God is. I think that's one of the problems. We are being transformed so that my the truth of God, of who He is and who I am become more and more real to me well here there's a new identity that we have and this this is mm-hmm. this is often hard it should be so simple but recognizing our mm-hmm. new identity who are we in, in, in Christ not who we think we are or other people thought we uh, are or you know <laughs> all these opinions about who we are that and, we have and, of ourselves too that we have of ourselves mm-hmm. and that have other people judge us based on our behavior and so forth. All that stuff, have to put it all aside. Exactly. Put it all aside and recognize our new identity. And a little bit about this, let me just read this in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through uh, 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we're, very, we're blessed, right, in Christ. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him, wow, we're chosen in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Okay, and verse 5, having predestined us, whoa, he's predestined us from, he knew that we were, we were chosen from before the foundation he of the world. That. He mm-hmm. knew that we would choose him and he has chosen us. And we're adopted as sons. We're, well, we're brought in as sons. We're brought into the family of God as sons and daughters of the living God by Jesus Christ himself, verse 5, according to the good pleasure of his will. And then Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in, in the beloved. You know, how many people are trying to do stuff to be accepted by somebody else? And but we're accepted already in him by believing we're accepted. He accepts us. He receives us. He doesn't reject us. And then verse seven, in him we have redemption through his blood. We're redeemed. We're set free through the price of the blood that he shed. You mentioned it, Margie, about the power of his blood, the power of his life that was given for us and and, and now his life that's actually in us mm-hmm. and the forgiveness of sins. Wow, we have forgiveness according the to the riches yes. of his grace. So so, so basically we're blessed, we're chosen, we're predestined, we're adopted, we're accepted, we're redeemed, we're forgiven. Okay, we have to All believe that. This. We believe now, it. We, we believe do it. Do we accept that as yes. fact? Do we, yes, as absolute That's fact. Or issue. do we look at our circumstances and still look at ourselves as incomplete? Or And, and you know what? We can be very distracted by our life circumstances and all the mm. terrible things that happen to us. But we have to know one thing. Or two things, actually. We have to know, number one, that whatever is happening to us, God is completely aware of it. God is good and God is able. God is faithful to complete his workmanship in us. There's nothing over that's, that he gives us or permits us to go through that he is not 
able to keep us in, Mm -hmm. and he's never tempted us above or beyond his ability to keep us. So whatever horrible trial you're going through right now, whatever it is, it is not bigger than God. It is only, it is really God's test. Is God going to be able to deliver you from this horrible thing, this terrible fear, this suffocating panic, this whatever? Is God going to be able to be there enough to deliver you? And yes, that's the whole point. The point is God is developing a relationship with us and and that has to be built on trust and love, truth and love, basically. So we have to, as we go through this word and through this life, what we are, we are completed in Christ it is finished, you know, we, we can trust God. That's the whole bottom line is, are you going to trust like Abraham and, and believe what God said, even though you don't see it yet? Or are you going to try to figure it out yourself and limp along and try to, you know, look to here and there and everywhere else to try to make yourself okay? When God has already provided the sacrifice, it is completed. We are, please understand this, have eyes to see this, that we don't have to make ourselves righteous or good and behavior will not do it anyway. God, Jesus, it's done. He did that. It's finished. Now, I believe that. Then he said, okay, what you just read, we're new creatures, we're adopted, we're blessed, we're drawn, we're taught, we're embraced in God's love. His This whole walk with him, this your life with him is basically the opportunity that God has created in your life for you to learn about him and to learn about his goodness and his faithfulness and to learn about who you are, that you are absolutely loved. So the whole thing is about truth and love. He wants us to go, not to look at what it looks like, because that's the catch. Everybody gets caught up in what it feels like, what it looks like, what's happening. Oh no, you cannot look at what the devil is, you know, it's like he's putting on these these plays and movies and scripts and acts and programs and distractions everywhere, every day, in the news, in the Twitter, all around you. He's doing all of this to just fragment us. We have to stay focused on who, you know, what did Jesus say? He said, you're new creatures. He said, all things pass away. All things work together for good. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm not going to leave you orphans. He said, I sent the Holy Spirit to, to be inside of you, to lead you into all truth. Yeah, and that's that's a key thing that once you come to know the Lord, your when your spirit is activated and the Holy Spirit comes to actually live inside you, so you actually hear His voice. You know, you become His sheep. If you just study John chapter ten, the first few verses there, Jesus said, "I'm the good shepherd. I'm leading you." He said, "My sheep follow me because they mm-hmm. know my voice. They won't follow the voice of strangers." And he's going to lead us into all truth. Now, in John 14 and 16, yeah, mm-hmm. talks about the Spirit of God that's coming. He's going to lead us into truth. He's going to bring to mind the mm-hmm. things Jesus has already said to us. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. He's he our helper. Seven. He's with us. And so, yep, he says, it, he's, my, he's my helper. So he's, he's our, the Holy Spirit is our helper. GPS. Yeah. He's our mm-hmm. GPS. Mm-hmm. He's inside. And it's like, okay, and he will lead us according to the written word. He will never lead us yes. contrary to the written word. And so the the thing is to when you when you study the scriptures, you hear you learn the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord is is His, in the in the in written the word. word. It's mm-hmm. in the written word. Jesus is the living word. And then you've got the Holy Spirit, the author of the word that's inside you, guiding you. Into he, all truth. Jesus, the good shepherd is guiding you, leading you, going before you um, through right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. At the Last Supper, when Jesus was giving his last final comments, 
In chapter 16 of John, he said in verse 1, These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. In other words, he knows that's going to go on out there. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he's doing, that he is offering God service. He's doing a good thing for God to kill you. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father or me. In other words, they don't know the whole plan. They don't know what God has really said. And, and, and they're, they're working out of their own minds and concepts and the devil's manufacturing these kinds of religious notions in them. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember what I told Remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, you your sorrow, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, he calls the Holy Spirit the helper, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes... He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because they I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and dis- and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So in other words, there's a complete covenant here. God is going to give us the things that are his to, to give us the supply, the strength, the encouragement, the wisdom, the counsel to get through this life but we have to use it under the counsel and the authority and the direction of the Holy Spirit as given through the word of God. Now that Holy Spirit is inside of you. So when you're afraid that you're alone and you're, you know, people, the only people who are really alone are the people who don't know that the Holy, they have the Holy Spirit. They are not yet, you know, um, generated into this new life. They're living outside of the salvation of Jesus Christ and they are alone. But when the Holy Spirit lives in you, now if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you're never alone. Even though the devil, the spirit of loneliness, fear, isolation may make you feel terribly afraid, alone. Nobody's there for me. Nobody knows about me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. But you cannot get away from the Holy Spirit. He doesn't leave. You know, just because you had a bad day or you sinned today, he doesn't pack up his suitcase and leave for the day. He doesn't, he's, he's going to abide. His job is two things, to lead us into truth and triumph, to make bring us victoriously through this slime pit uh, to heaven by, by his th- truth, through his word, through his counsel. And so to, to follow Jesus is to, to, to believe what God said. God said, I will not leave you. God said, I will never test you above that I'm able to keep you. God said he is faithful to complete the work he's begun in us. So we need to believe what God said. Jesus said in Matthew six twenty four. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So basically he's saying, uh, well, take let's up look my... at the next verse, but whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what is it profited if a, a man, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, or what will a man give 
in mm-hmm. exchange for his soul. So there's so, the there's the there's, there's the problem. No, yeah. Are we gonna believe believe what God said or believe what what it feels like and what we learned yeah, in this world? And many people are busy trying to gain the whole world, gain what the world survive. Has to They're offer, trying survive. to survive. Yes. And back in this day, when uh, people took up a cross, it was a cross beam of a cross. They had crosses all over the place where they uh, executed people. And if somebody in a, in a town like Jerusalem saw somebody with a uh, cross beam across their shoulders and they're walking down the street, they know this person's on a one-way trip. They're not coming back. And, and following Jesus is a one-way trip. Mm-hmm. There's no turning back. You've died back. to the other Jesus, life. He said in Luke 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 62, he said, uh, any man that sets his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. He said to live as Christ. So keep to, going. Mm-hmm. Keep going. It's a one-way trip. Mm-hmm. There's no turning back. There's really nothing to go back to but garbage. Yeah. And uh, let's Death. let's just give. You know, we're going. We're in this for the long haul. He said, "If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature." He said, "In him, in him, I live and move and have my being, and to live as Christ." And so, you know, if you just keep turning back all the time, looking back. What am I missing? That was the people who were brought out of out of Egypt. They turned back. They want to go back to the leeks and garlics. They and they died. They they didn't have the the, the right focus. They they were just just divided. And so we believe that not we have not yet talked about um, you know how to follow Jesus to to believe what he said and do what he did. Well, we're talking today about believing what he said and settling that in your mind no turning back and but we haven't yet talked about do what he did so we'll do that next time so yeah. father god we thank you for the power uh the new life the transformation the the death and resurrection of jesus christ that's been accomplished also in us as we've died to the old man and brought being brought into a new place a new life it's like it's like such a new life that people can't even comprehend it unless they have it People can, you, you, you know what you have. It's there and you, it's yours. It's, it's life. It's different than living on this planet and, and working and worrying about all of what they do. We're, we're in a different, you know, we're here. We're in the world, but not of the world. So Father, I pray that you would clarify to your lovely people today what it means to be and to believe you when you said I'm a new creature in Christ. All things pass away. All things become new. I have a question for you, Marjorie, as we close today. Did mm-hmm. Jesus tell us to take the devil to court? Well, that's a good title of a book, isn't it? Yes, he did. Actually, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Jesus tell us to do that? Take the devil to court. Taking the devil to court would be a nice book for you to read. And it he is... actually, he didn't use those exact words, but that's what he said. Mm, how did he say that? Well, he says, you know, cast out demons. Yeah, he did. He said, you know, he said, stand in having done all, stand in the truth. Yeah, in the um, evil day. But, but do not you, believe the you lie. You have this book. Uh, it's a revised edition of yeah. Taking the Devil to Court. It was the original book I wrote. Yeah. But and now I, you have a revised edition. Not yeah. that you, nothing has really changed. You just learned a little bit more. I added a few more things. So yeah, yeah. Taking the Devil to Court. Got, check us out at liferecovery.com. There's a lot of things there on spiritual warfare. As a matter of fact, that's what we are. We are all about spiritual warfare and how to understand to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So God bless you guys, and have a great week. I have an emergency. What is your location? 
for your soul.